As the world emerges from the shadows of a pandemic, we're all wondering what's next. Has our experience in lockdown altered the future we expected, or has it simply accelerated ongoing change? What's in store for us over the next few years? Join me, Susie Golding, and me, Andrew Clark, in Singapore every week. As we ask leaders across Asia, working in marketing, communications, and lifestyle, one simple question. What's next? Hi, Susie. Hi, Andrew. How are you? I'm pretty exhausted. How are you? Yeah, ditto. Pretty exhausted. I think that this is probably going to be the shortest intro that we've ever done on the What's Next podcast, right? I think so. I think I'm completely out of banter. I'm afraid. Who have we got on this week? So today we've got the lovely Hattie Trounce and she works for an agency called Digital Business Lab. So she's going to be talking to us about social media, influencers, the discovery generation. Should we just jump in then? Yeah, let's do it. How are you, Hattie? I'm very well, thank you. I'm feeling good. As we said, ready for the weekend. What's time now? 11? Yeah, now I'm good. (laughs) It's 11am on a Friday while we're recording this. And we are, we're all very much looking forward to the weekend. We definitely are. Hi, Hattie. Hi, Susie. I feel like I'm on like Graham Norton or something. Like the (laughs) COVID edition (laughs) with my mic set up and everyone's, hi, Hattie. (laughs) You can expect the same level of professionalism from Andrew and I as you would get on the Graham Norton show. So Hattie, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah. Um, so I work for a social media agency. I've actually been working within social media now for about four or five years, I think. It's around about that time. But I work out here for a company called Digital Business Lab. Um, and we basically offer the full social media marketing mix. So everything from influencer to video production um, to pay campaigns, social media strategy. Um, so we basically give the full the full social media delivery across the whole of APAC. Um, so I think COVID and the impacts of COVID have been it's it's been quite a roller coaster. It's shaken up the, the social media industry. I'll say that. My goodness me! And what are the big things that you've seen happen during this period? Well, I think it's been a bit of a roller coaster, and because my company has offices in Hong Kong and Singapore, we were really hit at slightly different times particularly because our Hong Kong office worked a lot with mainland Chinese clients. Um, but also we did a lot within the travel retail space, like airports. Oh, wow. Um, so that was hit quite hard. Yeah. And then it kind of hit Singapore afterwards. Mm. And I think initially for social, we saw a lot of budgets being pulled or projects put on hold, whether it was video, influencer or paid campaigns. Because I think it's the easiest place for companies really to cut budgets is marketing, social, PR, events, obviously. Um, But I think quickly, brands and companies saw that, first of all, this home-centric way of living wasn't going to change. We've been Mm. here now for over, God, it feels months and months and months, but it's kind of become the new norm. And at the same time, Um, we were seeing... uh, I I, I just have to point out that you used one of the words that we really hate or expressions that we really hate on the podcast. You said, (laughs) I feel as though I want to be sick now, but I'm going to say it. You said new norm. (laughs) You didn't say old. Oh, sorry. You said new norm. That's that's a kind of new iteration of it. Norm, the the abbreviation. It's a millennial term, norm. So we let you off. That is a first strike, okay? (laughs) I know you don't like the the word webinar. Uh, We're not going to use... We're not going to use that word again okay sorry or other words such as pivot and we're certainly not going to use webinar <laughs> pivot. 
Okay. Okay. Right. That's it. I'll, I'll hold myself back. Right. You've been warned. <laughs> but uh, what's really interesting, you're talking about people buying <laughs> stuff, Hattie. Are they buying anything that's different at the moment? Is that, you know, what's the, what's the kind of trend yeah. now? Are people buying more shit? <laughs> Literally more shit. I think there's something, <laughs> <laughs> something that's come out of COVID is there's something called the discovery generation. And it's a new um, type of consumer who essentially will turn to social media to just discover. So they don't necessarily know what they're looking for. They're just looking for something cool and new. And I think this could be down to the fact that we're bored because there's a lot less that we can do. We're at home more. We've got more time on our hands. By the way, I just want to point out, I'm not like that at all. Really? What about you, Susie? Well, I have to confess that I have made a couple of, um, not weird, but unusual purchases for me during lockdown. So I haven't gone crazy, but I have bought some completely useless dishwashers and, and also some little um, plastic sort of trays to make poached eggs in. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I obviously was very, very bored that day. And um, the dishwashers don't work very well. So I was also a disgruntled customer. (laughs) (laughs) But you bought it and that's the main thing and that's what we need. (laughs) But I still bought it and, you know, it only costs like, I don't know, $5 or something. And then it took about six weeks to come. And I'm like, why is my behaviour like this at this moment? I was questioning my behaviour because that's not normally me at all. (laughs) I bet you were so excited when it arrived. (laughs) I was really excited. And then imagine the disappointment when you can't get food stains off <laughs> that tells you the level of the level of excitement in my life during COVID. I mean, joking aside, Hattie, du- during the sort of the the, the locked when most of the world was in lockdown, and maybe at the earlier point of of COVID, when the bigger brands were, like you say, they were they were pulling out of media spend, they weren't doing anything. Presumably, that was a great opportunity for smaller brands who often don't have the spending power that the bigger brands have to really capitalise on people being in front of screens and on their phones exactly much more than they would have been pre COVID. Yeah, because. As I said, when the budgets froze, a lot of that was taken out of media spend on social. So things like Facebook, Instagram, people were pulling their spend. But at the same time, because more people were there, less people were competing for the target audience. It was actually the cheapest time to run paid campaigns um, because there was less people Mm. trying to outbid you on the creative, the visual to get in front of the target audience. And I think a lot of people initially didn't see that. And then suddenly there was all this research saying, actually, the percent going up per day of people and the time, but also like throughout the week, sometimes you see dips on the weekend because everyone was at home locked down. We were just bored and browsing and browsing Facebook, Instagram. And that's why we also saw TikTok was already Mm. on the rise, but with lockdown, their stats of how much their consumption went up. And it's always been quite an entertainment platform, but because of COVID, the theme kind of changed at some point. And I think, you know, startups and people who perhaps had lower budgets saw that, First of all, I, I need to do a digital strategy because I don't know how long it's going to last. And second of all, this is the perfect mm. time to test because it is cheaper for me to run ads to create content. And I think the particular mm. industries, and we've spoken about this before, is traditional industries that perhaps never saw themselves doing social media or having a digital strategy realize this is where we've got to be. Things like fine jewelry and high-end jewelry where They're used to having a very one-on-one relationship. It's very personable. It's about building that trust because these are, you know, very expensive products and pieces that they fly across the world. They hold exhibitions and events, but they can't do that. And because 
Facebook and Instagram maybe doesn't have that luxurious element for some boutique fine jewelry places. It's where everyone is. And no matter how high your disposable income is, the likelihood is you are going to be on Facebook. And because of COVID, we had to connect internationally. I know with us all being expats in Singapore, is social is the best way to talk to family, even like grandparents getting on Facebook. So in terms of like this part of the world in Southeast Asia... Obviously, things have changed in that, like sort of these luxury companies for sort of high end brands and that sort of thing. They're, they're looking for like ways that they can still like authentically, com- you know, connect with potential customers and that sort of thing. But what about the more traditional sectors, uh, categories that people shop in in this part of the world? Well, I think the most obvious one to talk about is prob- probably the food and grocery sector. Because I remember pre-lockdown in Singapore, I was actually put on a stay-at-home notice two weeks before lockdown. So I had that additional two weeks so I couldn't even leave my front door. And this was... Oh, wow. You were allowed to stay in your whole apartment, right? Yeah. So I was allowed in my condo, but wasn't ever allowed to leave the front door for 14 days. Oh, wow. Because I came into contact with someone who tested positive. The thing is, it was nice in my head. I didn't see us going into lockdown because I did it mid-March. But apart from that, what I did notice about consumption is even stay-at-home notice, which was pre-Singapore going into lockdown, when I was trying to get food delivery, so things like Red Mart, Amazon Prime, it was already fully booked for yeah. weeks in advance. Even yeah. though Singapore was allowed out and about, there were no restrictions of the number of people, times people could go shopping. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. It was a real nightmare, especially in those early stages, right? It was. Yeah, it was just the anxiety went through the roof, I think, that people just were stockpiling. We've seen it across the world, rice, toilet paper, like everything people were just nervous about what was to come. Yeah, And I think off the back of that, it's amazing to see how quickly people like... Food Panda, who now have Panda Mart. I haven't tried Panda Mart. It's good. I have to give it a go. They basically just go to fair price or cold storage for you. It's a very lazy way of doing it, but I think people are getting increasingly dependent on doing everything online. And I think also the older generation, because they was, weren't used to all this doing everything at a click of a button. Yeah. But I've seen like grandchildren teaching their grandparents how to do it, particularly back yeah. in the UK, because the elderly are a lot of risk. Actually, out of curiosity, is, you know, do you think that in terms of the way that all of this is moving, especially with <clears throat> online shopping and consumption and that sort of thing, you, you guys have got the experience up mm. there in, in running a business in China and, and doing social in China. Are they taking their ch- cues from China in terms of replicating it in this part of the world? Yeah, I think there's a lot of comparisons you can put between Western channels and the Chinese. I think... China is probably where Facebook and Instagram all of them want to be. But a lot of that's down to the behavior patterns of the countries. Because I know from the UK, we're very much like, I use Facebook to talk to my family. Instagram is a lot of influencers, it's beautiful content. I spend a lot of time browsing on it. Twitter I use for my news. So to try and dominate that market and change it into a super app that can offer our taxi, our food, our like everything, I think a lot of that will come with time and we need to a mm. consumer to learn to how to understand this. Um, and I think for China, it's just, it's part of the way that they've been shown these apps. Um, and I think with the domination of things like TikTok coming over here, we've had the equivalents, things like Vine that were basically the same as TikTok. It was short videos, which were huge mm, for yeah. a while, but then they drop out. And I think Chinese apps just have a little bit more like power and support behind it. And they're just that little bit better that they are dominating. <laughs> 
Mm. Um, but yeah, I think all of them are learning a lot from China, and I think a lot of yeah. the inspiration stems from their apps. That's absolutely fascinating. I think that that's yeah. the subject of another podcast. We should get you on and talk about that again. Yeah, let's do in it. In the future, talk about China. Yeah. Yes. That China. We should definitely that do that. That'd be fantastic. But listen, um, Hattie, that, that was really a very fascinating chat. Just wondering, it's that time in the show where we ask you what you have been reading, what you've been watching and what you've been listening to. Ooh, okay. So what I have been reading. So I actually, the, what, the book I'm reading at the moment, I started pre-lockdown, gave up in lockdown, only recently picked it up again. And I found that I'm reading it in a completely different light. <laughs> So it's memoir. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I thought I said one of the bad words. Um, no, no. <laughs> whoa. I was like, I didn't say norm. I didn't say webinar. Um, <laughs> but it's um, it's an old one. Memoirs of a Geisha. But oh, wow. Because it's set pre-World War II and it's all about following a Geisha who is sent away from her family and basically learns the techniques and skill to become a world famous Geisha. But because I'm now reading it and in my head, I've got imposed here from Singapore, you can only hang out in groups of five. Mm. You must not travel abroad. That honestly, when she's going about in groups of more fi- more than five and traveling around Japan, I'm like, illegal. <laughs> Singapore government has done a good job on you then, Hattie. Yeah. yeah, I should campaign for them. I'll go around safety ambassador. <laughs> so yeah, that's what, that's what I'm reading. Um, podcast. So again, this is one actually... During the extreme lockdown and the fact we were only allowed out for exercise, every morning I used to go for a walk pre-work to just clear my head before being in my house for another 24 hours is a podcast called Table Manners. Have you heard of it? It's a foodie one. So it's Jessie Ware, who's a British singer. Um, So she has her and her mum present the show and they just have a very nice, like natural, banterful relationship. And they have different celebrities come on. And it's more about their experience with food growing up and what they had as a child, their favorite food, just generally what would be their last meal on earth and everything like this. So it's very low key and casual. I am always fascinated by what people ate when they were kids as well. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know why. I'm just always fascinated. Um, so that's listening and then watching. I feel I've exhausted Netflix. I've done all of the viral ones in lockdown. So Tiger King, The Last Dance, which was amazing with Michael Jordan. Um, Money Heist. I actually watch shows that I missed the bandwagon on before. So I've done all of Breaking Bad. Oh, wow. All of, what's it called? Homeland. Oh, good. So I feel like I'm pretty up to date. Breaking Bad's great, isn't it? Oh, gosh, I would love to be, I would love to go in there completely green to it and just pick it up and, and binge the whole lot. I know. Me too. It, I think we watched five series, maybe in three weeks. Wow. Because I'd begun it when it came out, but it was when... It was post-university and I'd moved back home for a bit and I was watching it with my parents. And then I went out one night and I came back and they'd literally binned watch four episodes. (laughs) I was like, no, we're in this together. I can't believe you've done that. So I just gave up because I was so angry at that. So then they watched it and loved it. So I was like, I'm going to watch it in lockdown. (laughs) But no, that's a good one if people haven't watched it. At the moment, I'm watching one called... Have you heard of Somebody Feed Phil? No. Yeah, it's great. Are you watching it? It's great. Yeah, I've, I've seen the first series. Actually, the the first episode of that first series when he's in Thailand with Chow. Good uh, where 
yeah she well we were making actually we made a we we were making a food pilot with her for a food series a few years ago i love that show he's just great he is so funny and then at the end every episode at the end he gets on the gets on the skype with his parents oh that's so sweet um oh it's so good it's so good he just has this wonderful optimistic viewpoint on the world and on people yeah he's it's just like it's just a show that works right yeah it's his optimism i think particularly in a time like now i'm like i just want someone who's constantly smiling at me on the tv (laughs) i'll have to check it out and he's great he's great yeah it's like a food he basically travels around the world and goes to different countries to like trial the food with like he brings along friends and family but it's not necessarily going to all the michelin star restaurants the top yeah he'll go to like equivalent of the hawker um but for all the ones in bangkok i've written them all down as soon as we're allowed out i want to go to every single place he went to (laughs) yeah it's amazing the thing is is that they don't they don't waste any time in the show as well. A lot of these food shows, it's like, you know, this week I'm in, you know, I'm in the Costa Brava. I'm eating the beautiful food. It's the, the terroir. And there's all this bullshit that they talk about before you actually see any food. And, uh, or, yeah. and But basically this show, like within, literally within the first five seconds of the show starting, he's eating. Yeah, and yeah. he puts it away. Yeah, and then he goes to another place and he eats again. And he goes to another place, he eats again. It's just like, bah, it's like, it's just like doesn't stop <laughs> all the way through it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick it up again, actually, get, get into yeah, that second series because they, they advertised it at me. Yeah. I hate it when they advertise a second series at you on Netflix. I'm just like... Don't fucking insult my intelligence, you stupid algorithm. (laughs) I know what I want to watch. Yeah, I know what I'm fucking watching in this bloody relationship, you piece of shit. (laughs) You and me, Angie, that's a bit... um... That's what I'm like. It's a fucking robot. Dramatic. (laughs) Robot. (laughs) You're going to do good with the future. The AI bots. (laughs) (laughs) Fabulous. Well, look, thank you very much for joining us, Hattie. Thanks, Hattie. That was a great conversation. No problem. Good. Hopefully got some interesting stuff. And we'll have you back soon to talk about China. China. In more detail. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Do it. So that was a good chin wag with Hattie, wasn't it? Very good chinny wag. I'm just reflecting on the on the completely pointless things that I've bought in the last few months. What about you? Oh, God, yes. Like, not too many, but enough to feel shame. Definitely enough to feel ashamed. I always like how, with all of our guests, we get down to practicalities quite quickly, and hopefully it's something that listeners can take away and use. Which is absolutely right. Which brings us on to who's up next week? Next week, we've got Elizabeth Taylor. Not that Elizabeth Taylor, before you get too excited, Andrew, because she's been dead for quite a long time. Yeah, I was just about to say. And, you know, it's another social media theme next week because Elizabeth Taylor is a trainer in social media. She is indeed, and she's going to be telling our listeners a little bit about how do you create your online personal brand. Another practical, useful edition of What's Next next week. Excellent. You've been listening to me, Andrew. And me, Susie, and our lovely guest. On What's Next, the podcast which asks just that. 
If you enjoyed listening, like, subscribe, leave a review. And do recommend us to anyone else that you think would find our ramblings interesting. You can find this podcast on all the major channels where you find your podcasts. So join us next week when we'll be asking someone else. What's What's next? next?